Thanks for joining us again here on another edition of Talking Tigs. I'm Scott Gerard. Joining me tonight, Tommy Johnson and Daniel Zollinger. Doing like we do here every week. Uh, this week, we're going to cover the national championship game. Uh, my Bulldogs completely cruised in the championship game against TCU, 65-7. to Kind of look like that LSU bowl game score, right? Yeah. Uh, interesting enough. But we'll talk about that. Uh, LSU had some additions, so we'll, we got some LSU housekeeping we got to do. Uh, basketball men's didn't have a great week. Uh, women's women's is on a tear. Don't know if y'all have noticed, but um, might see them in the in the, in the tournament. They're already in top five. Uh, but with all that, um, anything else that comes up? Before I do, I'd like to check in with you guys. Uh, it's good to talk with you. We were, had some good banter going back and forth for the game last night. I. I don't know. I wasn't really worried at all. I know there's this off chance that maybe TCU could do something and shock the world because they've been shocking the world all season, but uh, nah, <laughs> it was not meant to be. Uh, hopefully, hopefully you guys weren't uh, too wrecked by that uh, spiritually or financially, but um, how y'all doing otherwise? Uh, good. Good to be with you. You know, good to put a little, put a, a bow on this, uh, on this college football season, even though yeah. I think we all kind of agreed, like, man, it was kind of sad to just see it go. Like, you know, like it always is. Um, I feel like this was a, this was like a, a, a remarkably good season, just like not for LSU, but just in general, as far as Everybody. watching, you know, the upsets, the out of nowhere, TCU coming out of nowhere, really. And I think I, I heard people talking, you know, they were 200 to one going into the season is to, to make the, uh, national championship or to, or to make the playoff something mm-hmm. like that mm-hmm. um so yeah like you know really in really fun season to watch i uh, enjoyed pretty much every every you know game i watched um and uh yeah so it's good to be here good good to talk it over with y'all and uh and you know now we're on to to all the other issues stuff yep it's sad when you, you're looking down the barrel of eight months without college football but it, like Tommy said, it was a good season. I think a lot of that was buoyed by the fact that LSU was at least competitive this year instead of the last two years when it was middling at best. And that kind of gave us something to cheer for and talk about. And yeah, a lot of storylines, TCU's rise, uh, Tennessee being on top of the world for just a few weeks, stuff like that. Um, personally, like Tulane doing well out of nowhere was pretty great. But yeah, Georgia proved why they were the best. And it was an entertaining game in the sense that one team was just dominant. And we've seen that before in some championship games, but not to this level. And they were number one for a reason, the only undefeated team remaining. And so good on the good on the dogs back to back first time since Alabama in 11, 12, I believe. So 10 mm-hmm. years and they'll be probably chomping for a three peat next year, I would imagine. <laughs> Yeah, uh, I mean, we'll we'll see how that happens. I mean, they're going to lose their walk-on quarterback. Take a drink if you <laughs> yeah, really playing that one. <laughs> uh, but you know, Stetson Bennett's graduated, so you know, we'll see what they do there. But yeah, all in all, a great season. And man, what a season for just like turnarounds. Like you already mentioned, uh, you know, Tennessee, then TCU, of course. Um, LSU, we basically went from worst to f- or worst to first in the SEC West yep. after last year. Uh, then you look at you know some other teams. Um, I mean, Georgia was kind of the same, right? Um, Alabama kind of went in the other direction. Uh, they, they're usually th- the top level, but uh, they they probably you know, like we beat them, and we you know we had four losses. So uh, 
just amazing, uh, especially with Tulane's done. You know, I, I think Willie Fritz really Fritz totally deserves Coach of the Year, but there were just so many good candidates out there this year, right? Like Sonny Dykes, Willie Fritz, Brian Kelly. Uh, you could say Josh Heupel too, um, yeah, yeah. although he he. You know, he was he's he had another year under his belt already, but still quite a turnaround. It was as only as I think his second season, but it's still just to go from seventy six to what Yeah, Shane Beamer, exactly. Uh big things to come probably in South Carolina. Will they compete for the East in uh, the ICC? Remains to be seen. You know, the the East is getting stronger. The 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 the, the power is kind of going away from Florida and whoever else back to like Tennessee, it's Georgia. And then it could be South Carolina. I don't know. You know, Kentucky's always there too, but yeah, just a, just a remarkable season all around. Um, sad to see it officially come to an end, but as I was saying, well, you know, it's still, we used to always have national signing day, right? It's, uh, it's kind of like the draft for college, but most everyone's signing early now. I don't think there's going to be too much hubbub around then. And especially with LSU's class pretty much being shored up, you know, on, on the early yeah. signing day, um, you mm-hmm. know, for LSU fans, there's not going to be a ton to, uh, to, to look out for until really spring, spring practice. I mean, you know, if, if you're, if you're in love with the game, kind of like we are, you're going to be paying attention to, to kind of everything as it comes, whether it's, you know, the rumors yeah. or the, the signing day for other schools or transfers and all that. But, um, yeah, you know, it really is. I think this is the first time in a while that LSU's kind of um kind of just done. Done for done until yeah. the spring. Would you would you say would would both of you say that, that we're finally in like a really good position heading into next year, right? Like we're not going to be decimated on an O-line or a D-line. And I know we're losing guys on the D-line, but I feel like we shored up some depth this year. But like do you feel like this team's like finally looking good heading into an offseason. Well, yeah. Coming off the the 2018 season, look going into 2019, there was a lot of room for optimism. Obviously, we had just won uh the Fiesta Bowl and we were returning a whole lot of starters and that played out into a national championship the year after and then t- or two seasons ago and l- last year, there was some optimism, but it was pretty tempered. We were losing a lot of talent. Uh players across the board and i think yeah this year is the first one since 2018 where yeah the pieces are there for us to to make a run and that's kind of reflected in a lot of people are putting out their like way too early rankings having lsu at like eight or nine somewhere in there uh, which i think is warranted like we're not georgia or anything but there the there's people and coaches in place to to be competitive just like we were this past year and yeah i think that builds a lot of excitement and also turns the magnifying glass on to LSU over the off season to where people are saying like, all right, what's, what are we going to do with Jaden Daniels versus Garrett Nussmeyer? Uh, is Brian Kelly going to step up to championship level in year two, or is he going to regress? Uh, things like that. And we're, we're going to be hyper aware of that as an LSU podcast, but um, it could be good or bad to have the national media attention on us like that. But yeah, hopefully we can step up and, uh, there, there's always next year, as they say, and hopefully 2023 will be a good one for the Tigers. Yeah. I yeah. Mean, all I, right. Go ahead. Well, I, I do think that, you know, I, I think that Daniel, like you're right. I do think there was some optimism going into the 2020 season though. Um, like with, with the people you think about it at, at this time in 2019 coming off the national championship year, we were thinking we pretty much got not ever. I mean, obviously we lost all of our starters pretty much, but 
you're thinking, oh, we got Miles Brennan. It's finally his time. Maybe he's gotten it right. Jamar Chase is coming back. Um, Derek Stingley is the best player in the country uh, on yeah. the defensive side of the ball. Eli Ricks is a freshman who's going to start. Like you had all of this kind of stuff. Um, and and so, uh, but I think I think that the you know yes, I, I'm more excited. I'm, I'm tempered, but also more excited this year or going into next year, um, just from the way that the program's been run in the you know what 15 weeks that we really got to see him play yeah yeah and you know they they put up that uh stack during the championship game about uh just what the sec has done in the six last six years or whatever like you know there's been three but we've won like six straight three different teams or i don't know it's just something crazy that we're you know it's like the like just to get out of the sec but then like you still probably have to maybe face the SEC in the title game. So it's just, I, I feel like the, the bar that normally would have been there for Brian Kelly now that with their, the, with the playoff, I feel like, I, I don't know. It's like, what if he has to face Saban twice, like once in the regular season and then again in the playoff, you know, it's just, that's, that's a, a extremely high bar. Not that he can't do it, but you know, it's um, you were saying, could, you know, can he take it up to the next level? It's like, well, you know, it's, I'd say if I, I don't think that, the Florida State game will play out the same way, yeah. right? The first game of the year down at G is this the Cheez It Bowl three? I mean, what what whatever they're calling this thing, but uh, yeah, I feel like our chances are better walking into that one. I thought our chances were good this past year, but you know, obviously we had to play from behind and we just lost at the last second. But I don't know. It was first game, guys getting to know each other. I don't know. It's like Florida State; they kind of had a similar season to us, so I think we we're pretty pretty comparable teams. Um, as much as we maybe think we're we're above and beyond them the way our fit, our season finished, but I, I feel like LSU should have an edge in the fall because uh, they've lost a lot of guys as well. Um, but they do have Jordan Travis coming back, I believe. Uh, yeah. So I mean, it's they're, they're still going to have the heart of their offense. But we can preview that game later. But as far as uh, the season goes, yeah, man, it was crazy to just look back at uh what what this first season for the BK era uh, was going to be like and. I don't know. 10 and, 10 and four. Good. Like a, a very, very impressive bowl victory. Uh, you lose some guys, you you pick up some more guys, you know, unless you picked up a couple guys this week in a, an area of need that we needed. So I, I feel like he's not going to have a problem getting talent to this team. It's just what you're going to do when you get it, you know? Yeah. No, I think you're right. I, I, we've, we've been LSU's LSU in general doesn't have problems getting talent. Coach O had talented teams. Plus miles had talented teams. But I think it's totally. Um, you're, you're right. It's what you're going to do when you get it, and it's it. And and I'm optimistic. The I think the most the reason that I'm optimistic is because of the progression that we saw from key players over the over the course of this season. You can tell that that coaching staff was able to make strides and and develop these players week to week. I'm I'm excited to see what they can do with a with a cohesive kind of team you know it's like you know Jaden Daniels this time last year Jaden Daniels wasn't even a thought we didn't have Jaden Daniels um this time last year we had Miles Brennan who had come back after transferring out um now that we know pretty much who's who's there I'm excited to see what they can do with that with with this group um and really you know they've got what eight eight months to develop to to really develop this team let's see what they can do I'm excited 
Yeah, and like you mentioned, Scott, we're bringing in a lot of transfers once again. That was his theme last year, and it continues to be so under Brian Kelly's uh, uh, tenure at LSU. So uh, he'll have a lot of time to develop those players, and we we picked up a couple of guys at cornerback this week, which was a position of need. So hopefully they'll be able to to slot in pretty seamlessly, and especially out on defense, we can um, get the the unit working together Um over the course of summer workouts and then going into fall camp, which is still a long ways away. Uh, but it's never too early to to start painting the picture there. Yeah. And I, I tell you what, some of these, the, these transfers that we got, uh, you know, all the defensive backs, which, you know, we needed because we, we pretty much had, I mean, we, some guys are staying, right? Like major Burns is staying. Uh, isn't Joe. Uh, yeah. Joe, Joe, yeah uh, he's staying another year. Um, but then the guys that came in, Greg Brooks is staying too. Maybe that's what I'm thinking of. I'm I'm, I think I'm thinking of Greg Brooks. Oh, okay. Uh, but yeah, the, the, one of the guys from Ohio state, uh, JK Johnson got a lot of, I think he played in most of their games. Uh, then we got this guy from Syracuse who I think was all ACC, right? Gotta love his name too. Deuce chestnut. (laughs) Yeah. Apparently Darian, but it's goes by deuce. Yeah, they both got Power 5 starting experience, Deuce Chestnut for two years at Syracuse, who actually, they had a hot start this year. I think they were 6-0, and and then they were 6-6. They went from the top to the bottom. Uh, didn't, they, didn't they give, like, like Clemson, like, a legit scare? Yeah, yeah they were about to beat Clemson, and yeah. then, like, Syracuse, their coaching staff, like, stopped playing their running back, like, their best player in the second half. They, like, stopped running the ball, and then Clemson came back and won. But that's kind of besides the point. Uh, yeah, and then J.K. Johnson from Ohio State. I think he started five games for them this past year. Um, and yeah, if you're good enough to start at Ohio State, then you must be a pretty good ball player. Um, although we brought in seven banks. Seven, I know we're seven that seven banks at cornerback last year, and he was kind of marred by injuries. I think he played like one game, but he was he was in the sweatpants a lot this year. So yeah. we'll, we'll try and avoid that type of situation. I wonder if seven is. Uh, I wonder if seven's gonna gonna play more than seven minutes next year. Seven snaps. Seven snaps. Yeah. Uh, speaking of sevens, uh, I don't know. We, you know, Tigers are probably going to have to replace that seven. But should they? Should they? Do you think we? Is are you saying? Are are you asking the question, which has been asked multiple times on uh, message boards? In I've heard it around town in Baton Rouge. I've heard it from LSU people. Many are people. We, are we over number seven? Is it cursed? Is it too much? Do we build it up too much? Is it, no, is it- I, I, no, I think they just, uh, I, I think they built up certain play. Well, you know, certain players were built up. I mean, one rightfully show. I, I still don't understand the whole Jonathan Giles thing. I, I'll, I probably never will. Um, I think that's what started the downward. I, I don't know that, I don't remember who was before, but uh, yeah, after that, it was kind of like a DJ Chark, right? before him i think so but he was you know he was, yeah, he was good yeah 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 oh he had that uh see so he actually he uh with the lions he cut that uh like the the catch to get them the first down to like get them the win against the packers yeah so he basically had the pivotal play uh yeah but after that rick's or stingley rick i don't know it's it I didn't, say- uh, didn't land well yeah, that. I would say if you want, have to get rid of one of the kind of jersey traditions between seven and 18, you give up seven because 18, like 
there's one there's more history but also there's not really the pressure of like production that comes with it like there's been plenty of 18s who were just kind of like locker room leaders who want yeah. stuff in the stat sheet and so that's fine you can carry that on for the seven maybe like you kind of let the players do what they want if some guy wants to be seven he can be it that's what but yeah but it's not something you have to like make a hype video for every year and be like the new seven or something like that. I know, that's I, I was I was talking to somebody uh somebody the other day about it and he was like it would probably like like when okay think about it this way though Patrick Peterson was war number seven because he liked the number seven and then he became an icon for DBU and then he said to his friend Tyron Matthew when I leave you can wear seven. So then Tyron Matthew wore seven. And then after that, I don't even I don't even know when when it I think it, it's really only somewhat recent that it's become like the height, like Daniel said, the height video, who's going to wear it? We're going to do an unveiling. And I, I, I maybe a year or two ago, I would have said, no, no, come on. Like, it's cool. It's a tradition. It's but after this, with the amount of like the amount of like things that have happened to these sevens. <laughs> I think that there's too much. I, yeah, I, I, I'm starting to get to that point where I'm like, there's too much surrounding it. Let's just, yeah, just let let the player, let the locker room decide. You know, if a guy wants to wear seven, I mean, I, I heard when Seven Banks transferred here, he wants to wear seven because that's his name. So, <laughs> so like, why not just, you know, let, yeah, let's maybe take the emphasis off the of seven. I don't know. We could. I, I, I agree. I'd say just you know, whatever player wants it. But, you know, it's like, I don't think the team should have this whole decision. Like, yeah, we think it's going to be you. And like, I keep the 18 with the team decision. Cause that's, I think more of an important thing anyway, but the seven, it's just, you know, I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe it, it, they I could mean, just, I think, I think there are locker room dynamics where like, I mean, at least there were in high school when I played <laughs> high school, like there were numbers that people, who were like really good before war and it's and and like if if you were you know a kind of a random person and you were like or an underclassman and you were going to go try and get a, a really good number there were times where upperclassmen say nah sorry you can't have that number yeah somebody else is going to have that yeah so some i feel like some, it's going to be the same thing <laughs> some freshman want, i want 23 yeah exactly give yeah me, give me 23 guys in the nfl the players will buy each other out of their numbers yeah mm-hmm yeah I don't know if you can do that at LSU, but yeah, now, I don't know. now you can. It's completely legal thanks to NIL. <laughs> they're they're going to start. What if now that would be hilarious? What if Scott Wilbur was like, in order, you know, all these athletes are making money off of their name, image, and likeness. What about LSU's name, image, and likeness? You're going to have to buy your jersey, and they mm. they priced it like at a certain level, so like eighteen and seven were very high high priced. <laughs> hey, what's what the market will bear, right? You had you had like uh, like quarterbacks wearing like thirty six because they don't want to pay a lot of money. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that'd be hilarious though. Uh, Ricky Collins, thirty six, now entering the game. All right, so um, I don't think we had any more transfers other than that. Uh, Derek Davis is officially gone. He's going to Pitt. Back that's where he's from. He's from the oh. Pittsburgh area, so he's going back home to Pitt. Good for him. Uh, glad he played in the bowl game, though. That was awesome. Yeah. And uh, honestly, wish I could have seen more of him at running back. I, I know. Who knew, right? Yeah. He played safety the whole time. Go figure. Well, uh, as far as the championship game, man, I, I tell you what, it, I think it was just 
I don't know. It just it, they just looked outmanned. It, I think it was just a, a huge matchup problem along the lines for TCU. Yeah, uh, like TCU had a, you I mean they had a Heisman runner up, but you you really wouldn't know it from watching the game, save for that one drive where they made it ten to seven. I thought, all right, maybe they can make a game out of it. But then no, it was it was just fifty five to nothing after that. Although yeah. to play to play dog advocate here, you know that 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 drive doesn't happen for blown coverage. Like that wasn't really TCU carving them up, right? Right. Sure. Um, but, I, but I, yeah, I think you're right. They were outmanned, outmatched. But you know what also? And, and I, I said on this podcast last uh, last week, I, I took a victory lap on, you know, uh, on, on kind of my prediction as far as the, or not really prediction, but just my analysis of the, of the playoff game saying like, Hey, look, I think TCU can beat Michigan. If the, if the, if they do these things and they ended up doing the things uh, I was comp- I, like, then I, then I kind of tried to translate it to this game and say, well, maybe they can do the same things again. Maybe yeah. they can be a little bit high, you know, higher tempo. Maybe they can make some opportunistic uh, defensive plays, pick off Stetson Bennett. And if, you know, and I was thinking to myself like, okay, if they can get like a two score lead quick, Maybe that maybe it, it becomes a little bit too much, you know, it kind of rattles Georgia. Well, that, that means it's completely wrong. Um, they never had a grasp of this game at all. Um, and and I I mean Duggan, who was very good this year, you know, he probably played his worst game of the year. I think almost every player on the TCU team played their worst game of the year <laughs> in the national championship. I mean, it was really unfortunate. Um do they, you know out of out of 10 times does tcu ever win one maybe but i mean after but but that uh i mean that game was not close not even trying to be close it reminded me a little bit almost of the 2011 lsu versus alabama game where a team just runs straight into a brick wall yeah and and it's just kind of over from the beginning. Uh, like when Max Duggan threw the first pick to Georgia, and I think that one and that set up Georgia with a short field to make it um, 17 to seven or something. Yeah. And and then it was just off the rails from there. Like all of TCU's star players, which they had three players with the last name Hodges on TCU's defense. <laughs> I was like, what, what is going on here? Yeah. Um, but yeah, everybody was, missing tackles, blowing assignments. I guess they used up their magic against Michigan, which you respect them for making it to the national championship, but that's what separates a championship winning team from a championship contending team. Championship and in this contend- case, the separating team, they weren't contending. They just attended. <laughs> yeah. They got the, the participational medal of that one. Also, did y'all see people getting rained on inside the yes. dome? Yeah. That was very strange. I, well, it's because they have that, that like futuristic little like, thing that like floats out there and then it's like open air well i i saw that happening and i was like wait this is a, this is a covered stadium how's <laughs> well, i was looking at something on the field little did i know it was coming in from outside from way up above and that was just the mist was just trickling down but then i saw something later yeah it was like it was all in the tcu fans like just pouring in the stadium but yeah Chris imagine Imagine being a TCU fan, paying all the money to fly out to LA. You watch your team get beat down. You're getting rained on inside, and yeah. you got trekked back to Fort Worth or wherever they came from in Texas. It's it's yeah. tough. He, uh, Chris Fowler, said something about, about that. Like while you're watching the game, he was like, "And just to add insult to injury, it's raining on the TCU section." <laughs> um, yeah, I, I mean, now now the thing that 
from from a macro level, if you're talking about college football, um, TCU I think has done a has done a great service for those of us who love the game outside of just the SEC, because you know everyone's kind of been saying, especially with the conference realignment, um, it's SEC and kind of Big Ten, it's SEC, it's Big Ten step stepchild, Big Ten kind of kind of competes, but maybe not. And uh, by the time we get to the playoff or the, you know, when we expand and everything, it's just going to be a bunch of SEC teams battling it out to, to do SEC championship part two. Um, and that's kind of how we've seen the playoffs for the past couple of years. I mean, this is the first time where we've had what a non uh, SEC or uh, SEC, ACC or big 10 team in the championship. And of course the ACC teams that we're talking about is basically Clemson. So I'm not sure if it was no I think I think Jameis's year at Ace, at uh, FSU was the last year of the BCS. Yeah, is that right. Yeah. So the so yeah, it's only ever been Clemson and uh, Clemson SEC and Ohio State, I guess. Is that right? Yeah. Anyways, mm-hmm. so my point is that um, you know, for those of us who love the game as a whole. And I mean, I'm not I'm not saying I'm a huge Pac-12 or Big 12 fan, but I think it's good to have these conferences. I think it's good to have, you know, competitive and and conferences that mean something and that aren't just like the Sun Belt. You know, we don't want like eight Sun Belts and then the SEC and the mm-hmm. Big Ten. Um, no, but but like you'd love to see something like what Tulane did. So I, I, I don't know. I feel like there could be, you know, like if Tulane, I don't know, you know, could they make the playoff? Next, well, no, that, I mean, that's my point, kind of. Is yeah, that, yeah. Like, TCU did that. You know, mm-hmm. TCU kind of played that role. I mean, if, if Tulane makes the playoff and plays against uh, Georgia, I don't think they're beating Georgia. Either. I don't think it, nobody's beating Georgia last night. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, I think that it's good that TCU was able to do it and get to that point for the future because, you know, we, we always think of it now. <laughs> on the, the downside for TCU people is – and it's, un, you know, it's, it's, you can say it's unfair or whatever, but it happens. The committee, committee takes past results of teams into consideration for, for the future. Um, I mean, it's why, I mean, the Pac 12 hasn't been in, hasn't been in a playoff since Washington was in the Pac, was in the, uh, the playoff that one year and they got absolutely, you know, demolished by BAM. Yeah. Um, I did a quick fact check. There actually has been one Pac-12 team to reach the playoff championship. Can anybody guess it? Uh, the, uh, the very first playoff. Was it Oregon? Uh, oh, Oregon? Or yeah, Oregon? Oregon lost to Ohio State in the Ohio championship. State. Oh, wow. Okay. Well. <laughs> not that it matters that much. <laughs> but my point is, is that like, uh, I think since that, since that Washington's, since that Washington game, I mean, they've been excluded. Um, and, and I think that you can see the same thing with Bama. Bama always gets the flip side of that coin where if they're marginally good, they're going to get the benefit of the doubt that actually they're probably one of the best teams in the country. And if we need to, if we need to fill a spot, they're going to move Bama up. Like we saw in 2017, that's what almost happened this year. Um, you know, I, I think that, uh, you know, TCU getting in, um, is it's bad for them because, now, if they're reasonably good next year, if they're a bubble team on the playoff, they're not getting in at all <laughs> because they don't because the committee doesn't want this to happen again. But yeah. I think other teams will have a chance. 
Yeah. Well, one question I wanted to ask you all in this pod actually was, do y'all have kind of a way too early national champion prediction for next year? Like I was going to say one, who do you think takes it home realistically? And then two, do you have like a dark horse team, maybe a little bit down the rankings that can make a run possibly like TCU this year? Obviously, Georgia is the defending champion. It's probably the favorite, as is Alabama and Ohio State. Yeah. Always the perennial contenders. Well, let's take them out. Let's say, because like, let's just agree, Georgia's probably going to win it. If not Georgia, maybe Bama. Um, I don't know about, I, I, I don't know about Ohio, Ohio State. That might be my kind of like dark horse is like a reverse pick of like, I, I don't know if Ohio State's ever going to get it done. Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, and all three are replacing like their star quarterbacks, right? Uh, Yes. I mean, so you could, you could argue that Al, that uh, that that Georgia might be in a I'm not going to say a better position, but they seem to really like that that guy who came in and um, handed off for a few times. Yeah, you look good. Oh, you look wait, good. can we talk about that running back? Twenty-two, oh, Robinson. Yeah. Yeah. he's good. He's going to mm-hmm. be real good. Anyways, yeah. Sorry, back to the back to the uh, the question at hand. No, that's all right. Uh, the question about, oh, who's a dark horse? Who do we think could win it? I mean, yeah, if you take away the obvious choices, I don't know. I'd say LSU's probably in the middle of that, a pack of a, you know, maybe 10 teams that could. Uh, I don't know. Um, who could make, the, like, win the championship, not make the playoff, right? Win the championship? I don't know. One, <sighs> one I was going to say, I, I don't like to say it, but I was thinking USC might have a shot at it next year in year two. Obviously, Lincoln Riley choked a two-lane in the in the uh, Cotton Bowl, but they got the returning Heisman Trophy winner in Caleb Williams. They're one of the few teams that doesn't have a quarterback replacement issue. They're, they got continuity. I think they're bringing in a bunch of transfers as well, and their offense is as good as anybody. As long as they can figure out a manageable defense, then hopefully they can put it together. Um, but I think Alabama – Alabama might get back on track next year somehow and put it together. Although their quarterback situation is a say, bit iffy they also. That, yeah, they got to get that quarterback sorted out. I don't think uh, – is it Jalen Milrow? Yeah, Jalen Milrow, and then they got a couple other guys. I think Ty Thompson uh, and then Eli Holstein. Down no, I'll be Eli, yeah. I, I, I don't know. I just don't think that – unless unless we see something different from Milrow or unless they're holding – you know, they got some guy like they had Tua – um, or Mac Jones, you know, sitting on the just biding their time. I don't think that uh, that that Alabama has the quarterback play at this moment to go um, further. Maybe that's something I can. Maybe that's something to ask uh, ask our friends over at the Alabama Football Podcast. Um, mm-hmm. The one that I think of, and it's not it's not like a dark horse, dark horse, but it is some something to watch. I would I would really be interested to see what. Uh, what Klubnik can do with Clemson in like his first full year. I mean, obviously he started most of the year this year, I guess, but there was a little bit of a back and forth with him and DJ. Um, he looks good. He looks real good. I think, I mean, he looked in the bowl game. He was freshman. Yeah. but I, I think he'll be good for them. Um, and I feel like both Daniel, I think that like USC is, is, I think you've got a good point with USC and I think Clemson and USC are almost mirror images on the coasts because they're in conferences where if they win, they're in, uh, Clemson has built that credibility with the committee and, and USC has it just because of the, the, the name USC, the media, the, the, I mean, ESPN is begging for USC to be that good again. So, mm-hmm. um, I think you're right on that. Uh, 
one team down the list that I was going to call out is this is probably going to be completely wrong, but we actually mentioned them earlier. I think South Carolina might have a like a random shot as Spencer Rattler looks to be returning and he's not the number one quarterback that people thought he was coming out of high school, but they beat uh, Clemson. They beat Tennessee last year. They've got a lot of veteran talent coming back um, and kind of general good program vibes, which sometimes can go a long way. So uh I mean, obviously they have to play Georgia in the regular season as well as some other strong competition, but who knows what could happen. If TCU can make it all the way, then I think that gives hope to a lot of teams, to be honest. Oh, yeah. Uh, no, he's, He can sign some more guys, too, because he's like he's got them playing. He's got them beating guys. It, like what he he had two top ten wins in like a matter of the same week, uh, you know, same amount of weeks or something. He already uh-huh. like tied or surpassed his dad's record. Uh, it's amazing. Um, and there's, I mean, there's some talent, right. That comes out of South Carolina. It's not like as rich as Louisiana, but you know, there's, there's guys there that, you know, if they don't want to go to Clemson, there's another option for them there. Uh, yeah. guys that maybe can't get in on a Georgia right away. They can go to South Carolina and get on immediately. So there's that, that opens things up. So that's why I feel like this, this whole portal thing is just making everything a little bit more even as much as it, the fans don't like it for, you know, for obvious other reasons, mm-hmm. but yeah, I don't know. Um, I don't know. I feel like there could be like when you were saying earlier about, you know, who could make it in, uh, it was good that TCU did it, but uh, you know, I, they were in the big 12. I don't know if someone from the American athletic conference would get the same nod if they had as good a record, you know, like they'd have to go out a conference, play somebody and beat them win their conference uh, like Tulane kind of got close, but like, uh, you know, if they had one less loss, I don't even think that they would have given them a nod over somebody, some other two loss team. Well, Cincinnati was in the playoff two years Cincinnati. ago. Yeah, that's true. That's true. The Cincinnati, you know, the question I think for, for group for a group of five teams or power six, depending on how you want to classify the, uh, the American is, um, does the committee hold how how much does the committee hold the Cincinnati loss against against the conference? Um, in the same way that we're talking about, you know, the Pac-12 hasn't hasn't had a a, a viable shot in a while. You know, in the same way that we're talking about, yeah, I think T, you know TCU, you're going to have to really change some things around to to get back in the conversation with the way that you lost to Georgia. I think that that's the same calculation the committee makes putting in a, 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 an American conference team because they know, and it, you know, it's the, it's the whole thing of like, if it, there were so many people on Twitter last night, Facebook, wherever saying, well, that should have been Alabama playing them. And, 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 you know, you can, you can argue and say Alabama lost, they don't deserve to be in, which is a good point. But I think that you're, I think you're stupid to say that Alabama would have gotten beat that bad it just wouldn't have happened. They would have gotten, they could have, I totally believe you they'll get, they would have gotten beaten. I totally believe you. They would have gotten beaten by multiple scores and it would have been a decisive victory for, for Georgia, but they're not getting beaten by 57 points. No, no, I don't, I don't think they would have gotten beaten as bad as, you know, Georgia beat us for the SEC championship game. No, not at all. Yeah. No. Although, um, and we, I think we, we all said it or I, in the, in the uh, yeah, earlier this Georgia win makes our loss look a lot better. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Uh, yeah. I mean, our, again, our, our bowl rate, our bowl scores are very similar uh, to two point different actually. Uh, uh, so 
Lots, lots to take in, lots to digest over this long eighth month delay. But uh, kind of feel good looking forward. And like I said, we do have a, a signing day coming up, but I, I don't think we're going to expect to see anything uh, out of Baton Rouge on on that front. Um, I th- I think our scandal is behind us, right? It seemed to kind of come it and go. Die down. Yeah, so uh, maybe there really is no there there. I don't know. I don't know either. I mean, I feel like something would have come. I feel like they would have, you know, made a some sort of if it, if there was a there there, they would have made some personnel changes outside of the ones that we've already talked. We already, you know, thought about or talked about, or uh, and so, um, yeah, it does seem to have died down, which I, which is a good thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, we need it quiet. <laughs> um, but uh, unfortunately, for also for the LSU men's basketball team, I, I think they're. I don't know that that the whatever they had uh you know before they hit ACC play that kind of died down as well. They they started off great with that win against Arkansas but then you know it's kind of like in the cartoons where they just they run uh this cartoon character runs and jumps off like he's going to fly and he sails for like a half second and then he just falls straight down. That's pretty much what happened. Uh I mean the games I don't know. I mean it, they weren't blowouts. I mean we, we lost to Kentucky by what? three on the road, which is... And we were down by one with three seconds left before Kentucky shot some free throws, so that was a close game. It would have been big to win at Rupp Arena, but yeah, it kind of popped the air out of the tires, and then we (laughs) got uh, run over by A&M, never even really had a shot in that game, which is sad. Um, So now we're one and two in conference play. We're actually playing against Florida as we speak right now. We're up by three against them. So oh, nice. maybe they can turn that one around, but yeah, tough week for the the hoops tigers. Yeah, yeah. The, the um, I mean that Kentucky game, it got into that got into the the purgatory of foul, take it in, shoot free throws, get the rebound, try to get in. You know what I mean? It was back and forth kind of thing. Um, but I mean we were in it, but I don't know. I'm just I, I was thinking about it today, kind of when I was mentally preparing for the podcast thinking about basketball because of course football is kind of you know football is over um and i I don't know i don't know what it is and maybe maybe it's just you know kind of watching and and we're just not we're not extremely talented and da 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 but it doesn't feel like the fun is there as much as it was with will wade maybe there was a little bit of the danger you know i think think because will wade's his offense they ran a lot of like ISO ball where it was kind of like one-on-one playmakers where last year was kind of either Xavier Pinson, like making a cut or um, like Darius days posting up for three. And then there there wasn't a whole lot of like Matt McMahon runs the more kind of traditional methodical ball movement, set up a pick and roll with your big man, like high low screen type of stuff. And Will Wade is more kind of grind it out and then just let one player make a cut to the basket, which gives you a lot of high style, I guess. Yeah, highlight real plays, Eric Gaines flying all over the place, Tari Eason jumping over people for high-flying dunks and stuff. And that's not the, the style of basketball that we have here. Uh, whether it's more or less effective, I'm not exactly the basketball mind to, to argue that. But yeah, um, hopefully they can find a little bit of juice. And I think it, it might develop as we get more familiar with these players and the team that they play as they play together. Um, but that's going to take some time. And we've got that amount of time over the next two months before we get into March. Uh, but yeah, it, it is hard to get a little bit excited when you're, you lose by a lot and you can barely beat non-conference opponents, but 
there's been sparks there, so they can work on that and and get it together. I hope in a, in a pretty deep SEC conference this year. Yeah, and it's like they're they're just it's a totally different team from Ole. You know, he was just all about you know good defense, pesky defense. That's what that whole team was known about. Offense, you know, is like missing at times. Like there there were some games they really could have won and just put away and done had a lot better season, but they just the offense wasn't there. I feel like this team is slightly the inverse of that. Uh, it's like remember that the, um, that last year we away to was great defense, but like we were struggling just to hit sixty points. Yeah, we would go cold for long stretches of time. <laughs> uh, we're not having that problem now. It's just you know, uh, same thing again. I think it's just you know, de- defense on this side uh, closing out the games. Uh, but yeah, that Texas A&M game there was just it wasn't close. Every game they've had, win or lose, has been really close. But that one was just untouchable for some reason. Hopefully they turn it around. Uh, the LSU Women Tigers, however, have been on quite a tear. They're undefeated. They are now in the top five. Um, they're sixteen and zero. I mean, Kim Kim Mulkey had an, had them in a good spot last year. They went twenty six and six. But uh, I, I think this is obviously her second year in, and she's <laughs> she's got them humming. Um, I, I think a lot of that's due to their you know their star player Angel Reese. Uh, she's probably being considered for national player of the year. They knew she, we knew she was good. We knew she was going to score, but she has as many double doubles as they do wins. 16, <laughs> 16 straight. That is crazy. Uh, I, I don't know. That's, I don't know. She could be the, the, the female pistol P right for after it's all said and done, who knows? Uh, but anyway, um, good, good for them. Uh, you know, we don't, necessarily get too in deep with uh with the women's basketball games uh but just definitely remarkable and worth mentioning i thought yeah um and i think that's probably about it yeah i think yeah. we i think that kind of does it um cover covered most of what's going on sad to see sad to see uh football go away but yeah like we said on to basketball on to baseball and uh you know excited to to uh move on from next season with y'all Right. But luckily we have a little bit of a reprieve not too far ahead of us. There's going to be some spring practice and the spring game that usually, you know, gives us a little uh, tiding over the summer. So uh, there's that to look forward to, which is only a few months away. Sit back, enjoy basketball, baseball, and then that spring game will roll around and boom, and then it's summer. Then we can just obsess ourselves with news articles before the season. <laughs> yes. And, and there's always a good message board to look at and find rumors um, that can get your football fix if you need it. Oh, yes. Plenty out there. Yeah. Uh, but unless you guys had anything else to say, um, I think that'll do it for us here on Talking Tigs. Uh, another good one with you guys. Uh, fun to wrap up this football season and, and look forward to next year and, and everything else that, that comes down the line. So until next week, hope everyone has a, a good week. Stay safe, stay tuned, and we will talk to you next time on Talking Tales.